I'm Cray Beaumont Flynn. Welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, welcome to Beyond the Design. Today we have Brian Paquette. Welcome to the show, Brian. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about you and your story of being an interior designer and being in this industry. Yeah, um, I think like a lot of people, it's very like twisty, turny, windy. You know, there's no like direct path necessarily. Um, I did not go to school for this. Um, I went to school for painting um, in art history and um, sort of needed a job. I just needed a job when I got out of school. Yeah, I graduated. I graduated 2005, um, and I grew up in Rhode Island. That's a little oh. fun fact. So I'm not actually from the West Coast. I'm from I'm from the East Coast. Um, and after college, I basically got a delivery driver job for a decorator where I grew up um, in Rhode Island. And um, I think what I like it was excited about was. Um, this like sort of lifestyle that I, I knew nothing about. Like, you know, my boss was working on projects for, you know, I grew up in Newport, Rhode Island. So it's basically you work all winter right. to get people's houses ready for the summer. So all winter long, he's going to New York and, uh, you know, visiting these people. And um, it just, it was very like, it was just a, a world I had, you know, no idea about. And I was very fascinated by it. Um, and I also, you know, like coming from an art background, I liked, um, I like scale and I like color and pattern and all that kind of stuff. So that was just sort of like a natural progression. Um, and, but because I grew up in a very small town, I knew that I immediately needed to get out. Um, so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, so I lasted, I lasted there, you know, after college for about a year and a half or so. And, uh, a bunch of my friends from college had moved out to Portland, Oregon, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like right after school, because, you know, this was like 2004, 2005. Um, Portland was still kind of unknown. It was very cheap to live. There was an amazing art scene. Um, And so after a while, I basically, I followed everybody out there and I just kind of like pulled the rug out from under myself. I said, I'm going to go back to being an artist. I'm going to get a studio. I'm going to like make this happen. And so I saved up a bunch of money and moved out there. Um, and was sort of like, I mean, Portland was incredible, you know, um, it was sort of like it for someone who had not seen a lot, you know, aside from the East coast, it kind of threw me for a loop and really changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, and I very quickly knew that I was not supposed to be a fine artist. Like (laughs) I, all of my friends had these very established like design, you know, uh, painting practices or photography mm-hmm. practices. And I just had no discipline. Um, I had tons of discipline in school, but, you know, with assignments and all that kind of stuff. And I did, you know, I excelled really well in school. But when it came to just sort of making it for myself, it just didn't work out. And so I pretty much immediately, like within the month, got a job. Um, at an interior design showroom that like represented fabrics and wallpapers and furniture and lighting and all that kind of stuff. Um, and sort of immersed myself in that. It was the only job in the industry, you know, for someone who had very little experience could get at the time. Right. And, um, and so I did that for like two years and just sort of, you know, 
flooded about Portland as a young, you know, <laughs> mid-20s kid. Um, sort of a weird juxtaposition of like being so immersed in interior design during the day and then just having this crazy wild life um, that I haven't had yet. Um, <laughs> and meeting people from all different walks of life. And like, you know, I had a lot of friends who were designing things at Nike or had their own brands or, you know, um, mm. were starting their own thing. And so it was very like entrepreneurial. And you kind of felt that you could do anything you wanted in Portland. If you wanted to like open a coffee shop or like sell sweaters on the side of the street, you had a store the next day, you know, like that's just kind of how it worked. And so I think after a while, that's just kind of how I thought about like interior design. And um, I was like, I'm going to do this, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I always wanted to do this. Um, and then the bottom fell out and it was 2008 right. and um, lost my job. Um, and I was making like four cents a week. So it's not like it really affected me a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and I, I was kind skill. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of just like lost puppy, you know, like, I mean, I feel like there was so many people at that time. You just kind of felt like a carpet bagger. You're like, wherever the wind takes me, I'm going to go, you know, like, and so, um, I applied for jobs kind of at the time I thought that I might get into like store design. Um, like doing visuals for like Ralph Lauren or anthropology or something like that. And no one was hiring at the time. Um, and I didn't have the experience. And I randomly got a job um, for B&B Italia, um, the high-end furniture right. um, in Seattle, located in Seattle. I knew no one in Seattle. Um, I had only been up there for the interview. I got the job. They gave me two days to move up there. And like I said, I just kind of like packed my backpack and I just moved up to Seattle because you kind of just had to take advantage <laughs> of what you could, you know? Right, right. Um, and so that kind of, that started, that was a, gosh, that was about 14 years ago um, that I did that. Worked at B&B Italia for about a year and a half. Met some, what became my first like uh, private clients through that. And then about a year and a half into it, I sort of pulled the rug out from under myself again and just said, like, if you're going to do this, you have to do this. And so I did it um, and just, you know, quit my job. I didn't, I wasn't full-time doing interior design. I was also at the time working for um, a men's clothing, like a local men's clothing company in Seattle. And um, a friend of mine owned it and she was like, oh, you can handle all of our marketing, you know, and like, and I want to do like home goods and all this kind of stuff. and. Um, so I kind of trial by fire learned marketing and like blogging and like photo shoots and all this kind of stuff. And then so you know, on the job training, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Like every, everyone did everything, you know, like, right. and I think that's kind of like, I still keep that with me. It's very sort of like DIY, like everyone does everything and you just figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and once you figure it out, you record it. So you have a system that you can follow later, but like, mm -hmm. you're still like figuring it out. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot from, you know, both of those experiences, um, sort of one being corporate and one being very like DIY. Um, and then when time came, when I was busy enough with like busy enough with clients, I, you know, I was just like, okay, this is going to be my full-time gig. And, um, yeah, that, I guess that was about 13 years ago or so. Um, and then it became full-time Brian pocket interiors and, it has been everything. It has been me in a 190 square foot studio by myself <laughs> for a few years. Uh, then hiring an assistant, you know, to, I had a store for three years. I had 12 employees. Um, 
And then it's sort of circled back to this um, sort of like low and slow is kind of like how I refer to it, where I am, I know that I'm not the person that wants to manage 12 people. I know that I'm the person who wants to have a store, but like, I'm going to focus too much on the store and then not focus on my clients. Right. Um, and so it's just me and two other people um, in the firm now. And we focus strictly on residential design. Um, and, you know, we don't do 30 projects a year. You know, we sort of take on what I'm really interested in. And I think what I have sort of discovered over the past couple of years um, you know, especially during COVID when there's lots of time for introspection about like what you want and, um, what you want versus like what will pay the bills and what makes right. you happy and all that kind of stuff and where you can get balance is that like, I don't need to take over the world. Um, I don't need to be the next big brand. I just need to do good work. I need to be kind to people. I need to work with kind people. Um, and I need to keep my brain constantly moving in a creative direction that like, that keeps me mindful of like my surroundings and all that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of like where we're at, you know, I, I, I still feel really scrappy. Um, <laughs> you know, I've never, yeah, it's like, it's, it's just scrappy. It is what it it's is, it's, it's, you know, but like with marketing, <laughs> right. Um, we've done really well, you know, with marketing and also just being really good to our clients, you know, like, so, um, I don't, so, I think an important thing to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, is there a, a Brian Baquette style aesthetic that you kind of, uh, you know, toward, I, uh, you know, I get, I get asked this a lot. In, go ahead. I get asked this a lot in like interviews, like when we're interviewing for projects, uh -huh. like, um, what type of designer are you? Like, are you the one that where it's like, it's your way or the highway? Um, are you a task? I think there's three different types, right? Like mm -hmm. there's the, there's the, my, all of my projects look exactly the same and like you're in it for this look. And that's one type of designer. I think there's mm -hmm. the designer that's like the taskmaster. That's really just like, they know all the ins and outs, but they don't have necessarily like a big aesthetic push. And then there's someone in the middle, which I think is where I'm at, where it's like, we definitely have a look, like I've been told that people know it when they see it, if it's published or something like that, but it is really client focused. Like there could be mid-century, there could be traditional, there could be contemporary, there could be, you know, whatever. Um, and I, that's what I like. I don't want everything to be the same. I don't, I want there to, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you don't, if you don't support the client in, in the life that they want to leave. Um, they're not going to be comfortable. The house isn't going to be functional. Right. Um, and what's the kind of point? And they're not going to, you know, you're not going to get referrals and you're not going to get asked back. So, right. um, I think there's a delicate balance of being a creative and also understanding that like, you're kind of a cleaning lady too. You got to do your job, you know? <laughs> true, true. And you have to get to know the personalities and their lifestyle. Um, and sometimes yeah. it will fit to a certain design and aesthetic. And sometimes it's not, you know, you have to kind of really yeah. pay attention to who they are as individuals. What was your big first client when you went on your own? Well, I mean, my big first client was kind of like, I mean, it was kind of like a dream job. It actually happened while I was at B&B Italia. It was this you know, young guy that walked in just out of college. Um, he had some family money and um, he was, he bought his first place in Seattle and he thought, 
what he wanted was like this very slick B&B Italia kind of thing. And I think that's just kind of like what he thought that he wanted. And, you know, he would come in every once in a while and we sat down and talked. And what we realized is that like, that's totally not what he actually wanted and not what was comfortable for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at that point, he basically hired me to do this entire condo, you know, and through that job, you know, it was definitely like a fake it till you make it. Like I didn't, I I (laughs) didn't have a drapery workroom. I didn't have installers. I didn't have painters or electricians or anything. I met I met a lot of the same people that I still work with today on that project. And that was like 13 years ago. Are you, um, are you based in Portland or are you based in Seattle? No, I'm based in Seattle. Um, and then my husband and I have this beach house out in uh, the Oregon coast. So we're here sort of like half time and in Seattle uh, the other half of the time. Fantastic. So during this time when you're uh, working with this first client, so you helped direct him into an aesthetic that was more based on his personality and and lifestyle and not yeah. so much B&B. Yeah. And it was fun. I mean, it was literally the exact opposite. It was like everything was vintage. Um, oh, really? Everything <laughs> had tons of patina. Everything was, yeah. I mean, it couldn't have been more opposite of what B&B Italia is. Um, and, uh, and that's what, you know, he still lives there, you know, like, so it's just really, really interesting. It's like those sort of like deep dives, like those conversations that you have with clients where you're really sort of mm-hmm. trying to get to the nitty gritty, because especially in today's world, people think that they want what they see versus what's sort of in the back of their mind. It's very easy for people to go on Instagram or go in a magazine and be like, I want that. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to do that. True. True. I want that is very different than I need that. And exactly. I need this to survive. I need this to function. I need this to support me versus I want this because it's been sold to me. True, um, true. It was like going in somewhere and saying, I want to look like this person and have their haircut. It's like, uh, not really going to work for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like maybe you don't have that head shape or yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like getting, it's getting the, the contemporary condo in the sky in a super sleek building and being like, I want it to be French country. Right. You know, it's just like square peg, I guess, you know, like it's, it's really interesting though. So what is your own personal style and aesthetic in your own home? In my own home? Um, I think it's collected, I guess it's clean. I, I like to think like, because of where I grew up and like the first boss I had, when it comes to our work and, and how it relates to me personally, like I'm very interested in traditional layouts of furniture. So I love traditional design. Um, and if the path had taken me down to me only doing, you know, homes full of chintz and, um, and stuff like that, and Louis the 14th furniture, I would have loved it. That's just not the path that, you know, like the sort of like the world and the energy took me, but right. I like, it's like, I'm a minimalist maximalist. I like <laughs> contemporary things, but I like them. I like a lot of them. I don't know. It's, I, it's really hard to describe. I don't like a ton of color in my space personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I like things to be very clean and edited, um, but I like it. It has to feel warm and it has to feel comfortable. And I think what I've learned, um, you know, through trial and error is that like things can be beautiful, but if you can't sit in them and they don't work for you, like there's no point. There just really isn't. Um, and I know some people have different schools of thought that, you know, a chair can just sit in the corner and that's totally fine. And like, I definitely have a couple of those, but 
I think at the end of the day, it needs to be comfortable. Like it really just needs to be comfortable and you can have comfortable and you can have beautiful at the same time. It just takes some thought. So is there a, a process that you go about when you start working with a client? Yeah, there's, you know, um, there's a, there's a sort of like on, not an on, like an online questionnaire. Cause I want people to have the first one that they get is, is sort of their homework to do. And it's a bunch of personal questions about, you know, where they grew up and, um, you know, where they have lived and like, who's involved in this process, who's going to be living in this house. And I think it's really important for people to be able to do that on their own, um, in their own time and not feel like right. they're reacting to the questions. And then from that questionnaire, I sort of absorb that. And I basically ask the same questions in a very different way, depending on their answers in person. Um, and, you know, because I mean, I'm sure like a lot of people say like, this is mostly about psychology. This is really right. about like, <laughs> if we don't get down to the nitty gritty of this stuff, we have no business being in these people's homes. Um and so, yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of the process. And then for me personally, like where I go from there is I kind of just have like this brain dump and it's usually on Pinterest, um, which sort of dates me, I think, um, or like going through like books and mm -hmm. just sort of like, I have these baskets in our office, uh, these like mesh baskets and there's sort of like three parts. It's like, I'll be on the computer and I'll do a brain dump on Pinterest. And then I'll go to our library and I'll do a brain dump <laughs> into, one of the, into one of the mesh baskets. And then I'll go to my library and I'll take any books that I think are gonna, and I just put it all in this space. And I just sort of let it sit and kind of create a soup. And um, I give that a couple of days. And then I go back and I sift through it um, because it's sort of like, that first part is, is sort of like high level. It's throwing anything remotely inspiring or relatable into it. And then it's just about editing. Um, it's about editing and, and then really, you know, imbibing function and comfort, that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the process. Um, it also can change based on the client, you know, like there's some clients that come to us and they're like, I'm going through this life transition. I need something new. Um, I love your work and I, I need you to just handle it. And that's like, and you have to, I have to dig. I can't just like accept, just handle it. I can't just right, accept right. that because that. that <laughs> What's that? Um, How do you interpret that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we have clients that come to us, you know, that are maybe older and they've got, you know, 20 law office boxes full of like, tear sheets from AD going back to 1991. Um, and they want to show you every single one. Um, so it, it really runs the gamut. And I think it's, it's about making people feel comfortable, making people feel heard, but also making them understand that like they did hire you, you are the expert and, um, you know, it's your job to take all that information and really make it real. So, so, uh, are most of your clients and your projects in the Northwest or are you? Yeah. Yeah. It out? sort of depends. Everything right now is on the West coast, whether that be Washington, Oregon, um, California, that's it right now. But yeah, I've done work and done work in the South, done work in New York. Um, but yeah, the majority of it's always on the West coast. So now you're doing just, uh, residential. Is there any other yep. sector that you eventually want to get into and try your hand out? 
you know, I want to say that I want to push myself, but I, you know, I have done, I have done commercial, um, you know, back a few years, you know, probably like seven or eight years. I had a friend that worked for a developer and we would be hired to do like the amenity spaces for, for like, you know, big condo buildings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, not exciting to me. There's not a lot of like, (laughs) there's no, like there's a client, but the client's like imaginary, you know, and there's no one to sort of, and it's really just about fire codes and budgets, um, which are all important things. But if I don't also get like this emotional connection and that sort of stuff, it's not really worth it to me. Um, so yeah, so I think the sweet spot is, is, is residential work. And, and, and in that, I don't think there's a, there's a necessity, like a great client could be someone that calls us and has one room or, you know, a great client is someone that is building a team to do a house from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that like only, you know, accepting clients that are like, oh, we're doing the whole house is very limiting. It's very limiting, I think, business wise, but also just relationship wise, because you sort of like you never I, there was a long time where it was like, oh, unless you're doing the whole house, like, sorry, we're not a right fit for you. And I feel like that's just so limiting. Um because you never know what's going to come of things. Like obviously sure. you have to have boundaries and it's a business to support and that sort of thing. And you make sure, but um, the process for doing one room for a really great person could be a hundred times better than doing, you know, a big massive house with an insane budget for someone who doesn't value you or your time. So, right. yeah. So tell me a little bit about your current projects that you're working on. Oh, goodness. Um, So right now we have, let's see, on Bainbridge Island, which is an island right off of Seattle. It's like Mm -hmm. a 35 minute ferry. We are doing a ground up um, house that we've been working on for two years now. It's got about about another year plus on it. And it's sort Uh of a family compound for people that are moving um, from California. And they're wonderful people, sort of a dream project. Um, And we were sort of like brought on at the initial team with a a great architect and a builder so that's really fun um we are doing um a house like a historic tutor in seattle like one of the first houses um in the top of queen anne which is a neighborhood in seattle um and that's just sort of like it's i call it the wes anderson house because it is all over the place like the client has a lot of style (laughs) and a lot of opinions um and we're just sort of like wrangling it and all together. And it's really challenged my thinkings on like, um, on more is more is more, you know, like I'm always <laughs> tempering things. Um, and then I realize I have to push myself. Um, let's see, uh, what else we were doing, um, two projects for one client, um, one home in Rancho Mirage, um, which is in Palm Springs or just outside of Palm Springs in California. Uh, and then we're doing their, um, they're sort of like split half time there. And then their new house that they just purchased um, in d- east of Seattle. Um, we're doing that. Um, and so that those are two big projects. Um, and then um, let's see, gosh, I should like know this stuff. Um, <laughs> we're doing we're doing a second project for a very good friend of mine. Uh, just started that like last week. Um, was going through a transition. So kind of like just like reinventing himself. Um, and then just like working with a bunch of, I mean, gosh, I, I've done like four homes for some of our clients and it's kind of like never ending. Like you just, mm-hmm. you just, you're always there for them. You know, you're always there for them as like a service. And so 
um, a lot of that sort of stuff. And I like that. I really do. Um, That's good. They keep on knocking on your door. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. That's the best way. So has there any been any clients that you've really had to rein in because they're all over the place? Uh, yeah, constantly. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a middle ground to be very honest right. with you. I think, um, and you know, middle ground isn't really interesting anyway. I feel like you have some clients where they're like, we want to give you carte blanche, you know, like we want to just like let you do it. And I'm like, okay, but like, this is a big investment and right. that doesn't make me feel very comfortable. Like I am not you. Um, right. and I'm sure you don't want to live in my house. Like <laughs> my house is specific to me and my weirdness. I want to know your house and your weirdness. And I need to know all of your weirdness, um, all your freaks and your, and your kinks and all that kind of stuff. Like I just, I, I need to know all of that. Um, and then, and then you've got people where you're just kind of like, you know, and we have some rules around this. Like I'm not doing presentation after presentation after presentation, you know, like after two presentations, um, we really should have a conversation around, um, how we're working together and how we're communicating. And, Mm -hmm. um, maybe we need to take a pause and go back before we're presenting and revisit some of those whys as to why you're doing it, uh, why you hired us, um, and sort of, um, understand what trust means to you, that sort of thing. Right. And of course, I'm not like saying this to the clients, like, why don't you <laughs> trust me? Because um, I understand it. It's it's weird. Like, right, I understand right. if after two presentations, people are like, this is so weird. Like, what did I do? I get it. Like, um, And sometimes and so, there's communication too on their part that they're oh yeah, sometimes holding back for some reason. Yes, 100% it's kind of like the stuff I was talking to you before, like they answer that questionnaire and it's, it's Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe it's not its surface. It's just answers that they think they should be giving me versus what they really should be telling me. Correct. Um, you know, like whatever it is, I need to know, like, you know, um, can't, we can't read minds. No, you can't read minds. I can, I can try to interpret a lot of things and we're, we're constantly trying to interpret things, but like, um, I am me and you are you and we're together to do this thing together. But, um, and I'm an open book. You just need to like open your book too. And so, right, yeah. Right. So you mentioned uh, clients, oddities, kinks and whatever else. And yeah. doing. has there any, been any type of project or client that's asked you to do something in a room? You're like, I just, I can't, my heart cannot do that. Like an all black room with all black furniture and blackout, you know, just something that, like now, <laughs> I think we've had a couple, I mean, not like clients that have signed on, but we've gotten like, you know, like I'll get like inquiries and stuff like that. And I remember one inquiry and this is, this is going back a few years where the client like said like, Hey, we, we love your work. We love to hire you. Um, you're, you know, you're a referral from a friend. And then she attached a bunch of pictures and all of the pictures were very, like everything was Vegas. Like everything was rhinestone, everything was jeweled, everything was white leather. Every it like couldn't have been further from anything that I can do. And the thing is, is like taste is taste is subjective. And like right. if that's what makes you comfortable, awesome. I am just not the I am not going to be able to execute that in a way that is going to satisfy you or it's going to satisfy me. And it's a two, it's a two way you know two way street. Mm-hmm. Like and so it's just really interesting how people, um, how people interpret things, you know, you can, we'll ask people for tear sheets 
you know, of like, you know, of like rooms that they like. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I get that tear sheet and I'm looking at this image and my brain and my history and all of my stuff maybe focuses on like one aspect. And, and then I ask them what they like about it. And they're like, oh, I don't like this room. I like that yellow lamp in the corner. That's like half an inch big. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it goes to show. Networking that, like, magic, Brian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So once, I, you know, I've been asked to do a lot of like, I'm not going to say weird. They're not weird things. They're just specific to, to people um, and how they want to live, whether, you know, whatever yeah whatever it is but yeah i think there's a lot of like that's just not appropriate for this house maybe has been said you know a number of times or like we really need to honor the architecture and and our environment you know is there one project that you can think of that is the essence of your creativity oof not yet no no i mean yeah i think it's really interesting, especially if you work on a house for a very long time, you know, you're installing it and you might be excited as a creative, like I'm always on to the next thing and like, mm-hmm. kind of like how I can tweak things and like what I have learned. Um, I think for a long time, there was this project that we did um, in collaboration with um, this great design build firm in Seattle um, who we still working with and um and i felt like this was the s this was like if we were to deliver a house with no client input this would be it mm-hmm. there was client input it just happened that we were all on the same page and i still love that project i look at those pictures every once in a while and it's and and i'm like yeah this is great um so if there were to be one project that was us i would i would have you know like you know, gun to my head, I would have to say that, but, um, no, <laughs> I'm not satisfied. Well, let me ask you this then. Um, it kind of is tied to that. Is there a particular project that you can think of that you look upon besides maybe being published or photographed and like that's, you've achieved this certain level of. Yeah. I think, I think this, um, this sort of like, I keep calling it the compound. And the only reason I call it the compound is like, there's three buildings. It's not like, it's not like some Kardashian property or anything like that. (laughs) But, um, I feel very connected to these clients, even though like, they're not even, they're in California and we're Mm -hmm. in Seattle working on this and we're going to see them next week. I haven't seen them in, I haven't seen them in like over a year. Um, cause you know, so much can be, done via the computer these days correct um and the the rest of the team is all in seattle so we're we're all there making it happen um and they're very trusting but i feel um i feel very connected to the house i feel very connected to like i would live in this house in a second um and it would support me in a way like it has it has everything i would want in a house like really connected to nature um which is really really important to me um really natural elements. It's moody in the right ways, light in the right ways. Um, the views are insane. Um, and I also look at the house and I'm like, I haven't seen it furnished, obviously, like we won't be furnishing it for, um, for quite some time, but the house as it stands with the finishes that we've chosen, I'm like, we could put anything in this place and it would sing. Um, so I feel like that's really important. I think one, one thing that 
I've learned, and this takes a long time because who knows who knows what you're doing at the time, but um, if the bones and the environment and stuff like that, if like if they're not perfect, like it doesn't matter how expensive the furniture is or how nice the stuff is that you put in there, it's not going to be resolved. Um, and that's not every project, you know, not every project needs to be like the hilt of expense and fanciness right. and all that kind of stuff. Like you can, you can do a lot for a little, but, um, but also it's nice to have a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have those deep pockets that it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Indeed. talking about publish, you published your own book, first book in 2021. So tell us about yeah. that, but also you have another one coming up. Yes. Yeah. So. My first book was put out by Gibbs Smith um, in April of 2021, um, which lucky for me, as someone who's pretty shy, I didn't really have to do much of a book tour because that would have just like <laughs> ruined me. Um, I will not get away that easy with the second book. But um, yeah, the first book was basically like, uh, here's, I think it was like, you know, five years worth of work. Um, mm -hmm. And uh you know, all the photos in that first book um, are with the photographer that I met probably like, I guess, five years before the book um, named Harris Kenjar and just insane photography, like just beautiful stuff. And it's kind of like an introduction to like who I am, who I am as a creative, that sort of stuff. And here's the work that we've done for five, you know, for the past five years. And it ranges like there's mid-century house, there's a super like traditional red white and blue house um on whidbey island and off of seattle um there is gosh i'm trying to think like is one of my houses in there yeah, yeah like uh, <laughs> an apartment i lived in i can't remember it's like what's funny is is a couple of copies are holding up the computer right now um, oh. but i can't like look in look into them so any, anyway it's like it's like 12 projects or something like that and sort of like gives a deep dive into like my creative process the second book um when they offered me uh, you know, second book deal. I was like, well, what do you like? It's only been, it's only been two years since you, since we put out this first book. Um, you know, I've got enough work. I've got plenty of work and it, most of it's already photographed. Like we can do this, but like, I don't want to just put out the same book. Like I want, um, I'm a weirdo. Um, I'm a closet hippie and I <laughs> just need to like do a deep dive into mindfulness and nature walks and um and music and like creative struggle and all of that and sort of how it pertains to being this you know kid that went to art school that somehow became an interior designer um and just sort of get real about that sort of stuff um so much of the interior design industry I don't relate to. Um, Why is that? You know, I wasn't, I wasn't born into it. I wasn't, you know, I'm not married to it. Um, right. And I feel like that's 75% of our industry. Like, I, you know, I never had, I never had any of this stuff. And so um, I don't have these like connections. And so I live a very different life than my clientele. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think a lot of interior designers live a very parallel life to their clientele. Um and so it's kind of, um, it's just interesting. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm sort of a free spirit when it comes to like <laughs> talking about this sort of stuff. Like, and I just was like, I gotta, like, this book doesn't really exist. It's usually like, here's 12 projects and 
this was the drapery style and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I want to pour my heart out about like how I need a four mile walk. You know, I need to like nature bathe for, right. you know, two hours a day or I'm going to lose my mind. And, and, um, so yeah, it's this sort of like, um, the book is called outside in, um, which I guess this is like the first time I'm saying that. There you so, go. There you go. Um, and it's about kind of like how nature inspires our work. And um, yeah, that's about it. Really. So Gibbs Smith, did they approach you on your initial book? Uh, or oh, Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. So what else is on the horizon? I know a furniture collection. Yeah. So for the past, gosh, about like six or seven years, I guess my first collection. So I work with this company called Lawson Fenning out of Los Angeles. Um, some dear friends um, own the company um, and we've become friends over like the 10 years that I've, I've been using their furniture on our projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and they approached me, I guess, about seven years ago to come up with sort of like a capsule collection. I think it was like five pieces at the time. And um, and I love that sort of stuff. Like I like, you know, just creating and coming up with things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this past spring we launched the second collection which basically like tripled the line um and the furniture collection i'm you know like obviously like there's lots of furniture in the world and you know from very like sort of bland to very like very specific correct and i wanted to i guess contrary to what i was saying before kind of be in the middle i what i have learned you know, in the past seven years and seeing kind of like how people use the furniture is I, I love that. I love that like some really traditional designer in the South uses our George chair and puts floral fabric on it. And then like some, you know, really sort of like traditionally masculine designer in Los Angeles, you know, puts it in black leather, you know, and that they're both. So I wanted kind of like to extend the collection with these these really sort of accessible pieces mm. that are sort of there for the designer to like right. make their own with kind of like either what they upholster it in or how they place it. Um, so is that a collection? Is, yeah. it, is, a Sorry, sign- is it a signature collection with your name attached to it? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh-huh. It's Brian Pocquette for Lawson Fennin. Perfect. And so is that wholesale only through the industry? No, it's it's retail, trade, everything. Really? Yep, they've got a store. You can see it in Los Angeles, and yeah, they're they're just a really great company to work for. So, so what's the next step with them in doing? Oh gosh, I mean, the thing is, is like I've probably got like thirty more designs, but you know, it's, <laughs> I want to see because <laughs> I said I got a I got a very hefty sketchbook or collection of sketchbooks, <laughs> and so I'm constantly thinking of things that I want to make, and sometimes. I'll just make them as one off for a client project. And sometimes they'll be so cool that those guys will be like, let's add this to the line or, you know, whatever. Um, There's nothing really like new right now for it. It's just kind of like, it was just released um, in April and I'm just super excited to see kind of like see these pieces start popping up in like other designers projects. Um, That just like makes me super happy. I just, I just love that. I bet. Is it all upholstery or is it case goods as well? Or? It's upholstery, case goods, you know, tables and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all furniture. So no, no like lighting or anything like that. Um, I want to get into rugs. 
Um, I'm really interested in that. So that's something I'm sort of working on right now. Um, I don't really know that where that's going to lead me yet, but we'll see. Um, I tried my hand at textiles. That is an industry that terrifies me. That is a, <laughs> holy crap. Um, that is just, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and then a long time ago, like, gosh, about like eight or nine years ago, I did a capsule collection of wallpaper with uh, Studio 4 in New York City, um, which you can still get. Um, and that was sort of a fun experience. I think that sort of like greased the wheels of like, oh, I could do this. Like I could I could do other other stuff. Um, and then from a business standpoint, that just it just makes a lot of sense to have um, additional you know, revenue streams. Yeah. To... It's also a good uh, creative outlet. To... Yeah. Oh yeah. Creative skills. outlet. It's balances. So I'm not just doing like budget spreadsheets for clients all day. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And building a brand. I mean, that goes. In, yes. And building a brand and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff, which is like all at once interesting to me. And, and also like gut wrenching and, Weird. <laughs> you know it's like it's just like one of those necessary evils like i wish i could throw my phone in the ocean but you don't like uh, sitting still i don't think yeah yeah it's, it just is you know so i mean this is kind of an open-ended question we, you're achieving yeah. so much so what else do you want to achieve in your professional career your creative career career is there any goals you want to to hit are you hitting them now? <laughs> yeah. You know, in a weird way, it's like, it's, I'm not hitting them like creatively. Like, I feel like that's something that will constantly evolve. And that's kind of like, that's what keeps you excited about the next project and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But in terms of like workload and workflow and systems and processes and like all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel good. Now, mind you, all of that stuff grows and changes as like technology changes or like, I feel like every client we have like adds another line to a contract or like teaches us something, which is really great. Um, so I think creatively, I'm never going to be satisfied, which is totally fine. I think that there's plenty of other things in my life where satisfaction doesn't need to be worked on, right? Like you just need to be and be present and be fine. I think creativity being, this is a hard one, but like being present creatively, I don't know if that's necessarily like a good thing. Like you want to be present in the thing that you're doing, but part of being a creative is constant evolution and constant right. growth and constant searching and constant, you know, just churning, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, and so anybody who's kind of just like chill, like I figured it out, like creatively, I sort of questioned that a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I don't really like, I, I think I learned, you know, right around when I met my now husband, uh, about six or seven years ago that like, I don't need take over the world. I, for the longest time I wanted to be Thomas O'Brien or Nate Berkus. Um, and I still, you know, I look up to those people every day. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that was kind of the goal was like, you've got to do everything and you've got to right. be everything. And you've got to be everywhere. Um, and the reality is, is like, you can't do every, if you do everything, you're not going to do most things well. 
Um, and from a business standpoint, you know, like the interior design brings in the most money. Like that's what, that's what it does. It's also the thing that brings me the most sort of joy creatively. And so that's where I need to focus. And like, I want to have our client list to be like hundred percent referral. Uh, you know, that's kind of the goal. The goal is that it's no one new. It's, it's either past clients that we've worked with or it's mm -hmm. friends of theirs, family of theirs, that sort of thing, like a very tight circle. Um, because that is a big hurdle to sort of get over is like brand new people that are just kind of like DMing you through Instagram or like right. randomly <laughs> Googling Seattle interior designer. Um, and, uh, you can sort of read those red flags really quickly. Right. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, referrals are great, especially to repeated clients that so you don't have yeah. to pound the pavement and knock on doors and do all the whole marketing. Cause that's not me. Well. That's. Yeah, I am a shut-in. I am not <laughs> like I also I mean the thing is, is like I don't live in LA or New York. And so like we don't have, you know, like my my friends are in the industry in both of those cities. I feel like they have six parties a night to go to. Um, not only is that not a thing in Seattle right. um or Oregon, um, but also it's just not my like that's very exhausting to me. Um I can be on when I need to be on, but like it's just that's not me authentically um, I am the person that needs a lot of alone time and a lot of like time with my thoughts. And um, so yeah, pounding the pavement and like marketing the shit out of our stuff. And like, it's just not me. It has to feel right or else it just feels inauthentic. So, right. yeah. So is there any ideas creatively that you've thought about that you want to present or do for a project but you just haven't yet by any client yeah i <laughs> i there's a couple of things there's like i kind of want to paint a mural in some like i kind of want to be a little bit more involved um you know i did go to school for painting and then like i also Part of in college, I worked for um, like an art conservator and a framer and like did a bunch of like hands on work. Like I really like working with my hands, but there's this like, you know, when you're the interior designer, you're at the top of the pyramid and you're just hiring people to do all this stuff. And so there's like this part of me where it's like, oh, if we hire a decorative painter, like why, aren't, why am I not doing it? Like I kind of right. want to like take somebody's dining room and create some like mythical environment or something like that like i want to so i want to do that um i don't know i was going to ask yeah, you do you still paint do you still go back to your uh you know, initial career i try to at least yeah. once a year um painting for me very similarly to why it didn't work out before, like after I graduated college, it's all encompassing and it's, it's not good without an assignment. It's not like when I was in school, if I had an idea and I had tons of ideas, but if I had an idea, I would go to my advisor. And if the idea felt like it had feet, mm. um, she would be like, go do 20, right? There was always the thing like, go do 20, like really work this thing out and see if it has legs, you know, like. Um, and I loved that, right? Like, oh, I've got this, I've got these three ideas. Which one do you think I should go with? Um, and I don't really have that right now. Like I could get that absolutely, right, right. but I feel like the way that I work is I'm 
I'm all in, you know, like whatever, like with my hobbies, I'm all in with, um, with this work thing, I'm all in. Um, so until, and I, I, I talk to my therapist about this all the time, we, we refer to the naked painter in the barn, um, which is this like, sort of like, um, uh, like achieved state of being that I'm looking for, where it's like, I'm completely free. I'm, I'm completely centered. I'm completely present. And I'm able to just create without the idea that I need to sell it, show it, or let it be, or, or have it be successful. And I think what's happened every time I like sort of put paintbrush to, you know, canvas or whatever, right. is I'm thinking about the end goal. Got it. So how do you, yeah. uh, what it, what do you do for your downtime? How do you shut down and <laughs> just relax? Yeah, uh, definitely like a lot of, I mean, when we're out here, like I'm at, I'm at the beach every day. It's just a block away nice. or I'm hiking. Um, so nature is really, really important to me. Um, so, and in the winter it's like skiing, um, nature is really important to me. Music is really, really important to me. So I'm a big, like live concert goer, um, travel to go to concerts, like that sort of stuff. Um, and then just like, I mean, just quiet time with my family. Like my family is like me and my husband and my two dogs. So, um, and then like, you know, our sort of really close knit group of friends. Um, so nothing crazy exciting just kind of like that and i would say like it does it is fun to putz you know like mm. redoing a house we're kind of at this stage right now in our house in seattle where i'm like we've lived there for four years and i was thinking about when we're going back next week i'm like i think i'm gonna take all of the art off of the walls everywhere and line it up and just start from scratch, you know, like, and hang it in new ways. Like, so I'll like it putts that way. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask lot. you, I was going to ask you about that. It's like, when you go into your own home, are you constantly thinking of new things to uh, install, apply and kind of switch things around? Not as much anymore. I used to be, right. you know, like for the longest time, you know, like I rented apartments, you know, obviously for a very long time. And, I would move every year and kind of completely redo them and, you know, lose my, lose my deposit because I painted the floors and changed all the light fixtures and like did a bunch of crazy shit. And, um, so I used to care about that more. I think now it's just kind of like, um, I'm just grateful for kind of like what I have. And I don't really, th- I don't, I think about my space. Um, it's really interesting. My husband talks about this a lot. Like my office is actually the top floor of our house. I love working from home. I don't like having an office like far away, but it's really devoid of any personality. It's like, it's, there's white walls, there's, um, big desks, there's some big storage units with like all of our samples and stuff like that. And then uh, all pin boards, but like, there's no art, there's no like window treatments or anything. It's not like it's, um, decorated to like, look like our style. Right. And he's always like, you gotta make this a space for you. And I was like, and I'm always like, I, I just don't. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like, I think it needs to be this blank. And then like the next week you'll come up and the pin boards will be full of the current project, you know, like, and that's I think decor. that's kind of what I need. Yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, that's, that's uh, your aesthetic. That's your decor. That's your, I guess, because yeah. of the blank space. Blank canvas. I think there's just a separation. If I had it decorated, you know, like a living room with a sofa in there and stuff like that, I'd fall asleep. <laughs> it's just true. I would end up on the couch. 
So what are your thoughts or what is your husband's thoughts of being married to a creative? He lets me do what I want. Oh, hey, you're lucky. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a creative as well. Just a very different. Um, he's a user experience designer. So like very different brains, right. um, but like a creative and has thoughts on, you know, scale and proportion. And um, and he likes he likes pretty things and like stuff like that. But um, it's not something that like he really thinks about all the time. So it's nice to not so like, what's, with somebody. What, <laughs> so what's next for Brian? I mean, you have a book, um, you have furniture. What else is going yeah, on? Yeah, what's, what's next? next? What's next? Um, yeah, the book is like, you know, the book is, this is, it's really hard doing a book and not being able to show the world. Like, I'm really proud of the work that we do. And also it's a marketing tool. Um, and so this next book has like 11 projects that no one has seen in full. Um, they haven't been published. Um, none of, you know, my thoughts are out there. So like, it's, there's this definitely like this like weird waiting game where I'm like, Oh, I just want to get this out in the world, but I have to wait, you know, until next April. Um, so that's like, that's like a big next. And I think honestly, like it's a little bit, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to change my brain. I'm just trying to like turn the screw a little bit and trying to think outside. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in a pretty comfortable box right now and um, I don't think that's good for anybody. And so I'm trying to just turn the screw a little bit and be open to more things and be open to more things that are in front of me and um, sort of taking that as it comes and, and being more of a yes person. Um, as opposed to, as opposed to even yes. And I just want to say yes and see what happens. Well, let me ask you this. Do you take challenges and risk in your work and push yourself in your uh, design and creativity? That's hard. I think I, in the design process, I am challenging myself Mm -hmm. to sort of, um, think outside the box. But then truthfully, honestly, what happens a lot is um, the client enters my brain a lot. Um, and I think about reality. And it's like, this is all fun and games, like to think this way, but what is really going to support them? And sometimes what's really going to support them is going outside the box. And sometimes mm-hmm. what's really going to support them is reacting to, oh, this is too outside the box and this may not actually be comfortable for them or functional for them, but at least I have the thought, right? Like I went through the process of being like, here's extreme and here's reality. And maybe there's a middle ground and um, I'm always one to show them the extreme. Um, And sometimes it happens. And sometimes it's like, that's so cool that you thought that like, but yeah, of course, like that totally doesn't work (laughs) for, you know, like my lifestyle, but like, I love, I love that you went from this to this, which is real. And like, you know. So you have you ever had a client say, you're crazy? There's no way, no how that you we're gonna do this? Um, no, but I have had clients um say, Why didn't you show me the crazy first? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that project ended up being more sort of outside what I thought. It's like, you know, during that, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like during the first presentation, you're still like new to these people it's not like there's been a year or anything like testing that. the water yeah um, yeah exactly and so i think it's um you're and it's like great i'm glad you spoke up like i'm glad you i'm glad you're going to get 
what you want. And I'm glad that you're vocal enough not to just accept what I'm putting in front of you, um, but to say, you're a creative. I hired you for a reason. And I want right. you to explore this in a way that is going to be next level for you. Well, but before we wrap up, Brian, is there anything else you would like to share? Uh, not really. No, nothing I can, nothing I can, nothing I can think of. Word, but, about um, words of wisdom. Words of <laughs> wisdom. Never, never pretend to understand anyone's journey in this world. That's a good one. Good one. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, pre-congratulations on your forthcoming new book. I look forward thank to seeing you. it. And thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. This is, this is really fun. All right. Thank you, Brian. We'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks. Bye.